Hello, and welcome to the AS Natural Health Podcast slash videocast slash everything cast. My name is Michael Eisner. I am your host. I'm very excited to introduce our guest today, Michael W. Smith, MD. Michael is from Georgia and lives in Atlanta. This man has an AS diagnosis, um, and he's doing way, way better. So much better, in fact, that he has chosen to dedicate his life to helping others. He is a certified health coach specializing in ankylosing spondylitis, as well as other autoimmune disorders like psoriatic arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, as well as other medical conditions like diabetes and obesity. He is a certified personal trainer, and above and beyond all of that, he is a medical doctor. Graduated from Mercer University Medical School, he is the head of WebMD Medical Team as their chief medical director. He has written a book, Ankylosing Spondylitis Pyramid, The Lifestyle That Lets You Take Back Control. He has left his medical practice to be a health coach. Let's find out why. Welcome to the show, Michael. Thank you very much for having me. Pleasure. To be here with you. So I noticed that you are a fan of cauliflower <laughs> crusted pizza. I just tried it myself a couple weeks ago. Yep. Pretty good stuff, eh? Absolutely. It's pretty regular. Actually, we've been eating it pretty much every night this week. It's a staple in our house. Awesome. Yeah, it's delicious. Un- unexpected, but really good. I was surprised. Well, um, let's dive right into this, and uh, let's start off a little bit about your history. Um, how old were you when your symptoms began, and how old were you when you were diagnosed? You know, my first symptoms started, I was probably uh, somewhere in between my, um, probably a junior in college, so I was right around 19, 20 years old, um, clueless about what was going on, but I just started having a lot of what I know now to be sciatica, just a lot of pain down um, one leg or the other. You know, sometimes it'd be my right and sometimes it'd be my left. I just powered through it. Um, I was in college. I was at a college that required a lot of walking to class. Um, I was the type that pretty much just kept it hidden. Um, I would just kind of pop uh, ibuprofen here and there as I needed to, but really just powered through and just kind of lived with it for many, many, many years, which we'll talk about. But it's not the way I would recommend anybody doing it because I suffered needlessly for many years Hmm. okay and how old were you when you were diagnosed and apparently an intern diagnosed you while you were in medical school well it was she was actually already an attending physician so she was done but um so i was 1920 when i first started having symptoms not diagnosed until i was actually in medical school so we're talking probably eight years later so i was Hmm. around you know 26 27 somewhere around in there and yeah, I just went to the doctor, I guess, finally, I had probably started gaining enough medical information to realize, you know, I got something going on here after certainly after eight <laughs> years, especially went to the doctor. She did a few tests, certainly my symptoms, very consistent with it. I definitely had a lot of the, you know, what we call the inflammatory fatigue component of it, the pain from my sciatica. Sometimes I had it in my chest here in the, like the costochondral junction where our chest connects to our, our chest bone. So I definitely had very typical symptoms. My x-ray showed certainly signs in my sacroiliac joints. And then I was HLA B27 positive, which isn't required for diagnosis, but very consistent. 
And so that's when I was diagnosed. But she was a, a internal medicine physician. I did not see a specialist, honestly, for many, many years later. Okay. And what was that you just said about how you do not have an H, have to have an HLL, HLA-B27? Yep. I didn't know that to be diagnosed with AS. I didn't yep, know Yeah, you don't. So most people, well, let's say people who have HLA-B27 gene are more likely to get ankylosing spondylitis. But you can have AS without having the gene, and you can have the gene without having AS. So none of those genes are foolproof, but they are a good indication of, of your risk of a condition. Okay. That must make, make it a little bit more difficult to diagnose the condition. Is that right? Or No doubt. Actually, many people, I, mine is unique because I just ignored it, but there are a lot of people who go to the doctor from the beginning of their symptoms, and it can take many years to get diagnosed. Back pain, obviously all of us with AS pretty much have back pain, most common condition people go to the doctor with. So they can just be diagnosed with this and treated with that and go many, many years without an actual diagnosis. And that means they're actually not getting the best treatment for them you know, to actually get on the way to, you know, hopefully a, a lifelong of, you know, relatively pain-free. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. I, that's, I guess that's, that's new to me. I didn't know that. I wasn't aware of that, I mean, considering that there might be a lot of people out there with back pain that have experienced it for years, maybe their whole life, and have no idea. That's absolutely true. I mean, that's the people who work with a lot of AS patients can tell you stories of where their patients had been through the medical system for many years. And the problem is, is if you don't know that's what you have, then you don't really know how to gain the right information, which was a little bit my issue is that you know the whole the natural approach that I now do really did not come to light to me for you know many years well into my my AS journey where I'd already had you know a fair amount of fusion of my SI joints which a lot of people have so it's it's something that I want to try to get out there so that people are become more aware of the condition but even more importantly really aware of what they can do outside of medication before we go into how your lifestyle, how your healthy lifestyle uh, really helped to get you over the symptoms, could you just give brief, briefly how bad would you say the pain or symptoms got for you? There was no doubt that, uh, you know, some days it was just really difficult to walk. Some days it was even a little difficult to breathe, especially when I was having the pain up more in my chest area, you know, just a little bit of a deep breath would cause pretty severe pain. The thing that bothered me the most, because I think mentally I could just power through the pain, but the fatigue was probably what was most limiting to me mm. to the point that you just, you know, I mean, it's people who have it know it's kind of like when you have the flu, you just kind of achy all over and just very fatigued in general. And that's probably what was most limiting to me. Now, I don't think that I had, it's, it's tough for me to say, I don't think I necessarily have ever had a very severe case of AS, but the thing that's a little challenging for me is that even though my lifestyle interventions kind of culminated recently, I was always fairly active. So the fact that I was somewhat active probably helped, you know, tame my symptoms. I've actually, I've even asked my rheumatologist does he think I have a more mild form of AS, or is it just the fact that I've done a lot of things to help myself? And 
you know, it's it's just a little bit hard to tell. But I'm sure that I have not. I don't have the most severe, you know, form of AS, no doubt. Right. Okay. Um. So that leads into your lifestyle. Really curious. Um. Before you started your book, apparently writing your book that really ramped up your absolutely lifestyle choices. Um. So what were your what were your lifestyle choices before that? You said you were quite physically active. Yeah, I was um, right around sometime in medical school, um, completely unrelated to my AS diagnosis because I never put the two together really. That um, I was exercising, you know, good four to five times a week. Now I've kind of bumped it up to five to six times a week just because I know the the real difference it makes. But back then it was pretty much just all exercise. I, I had no nutritional component to it. I had no stress management, mindfulness component to it. With that, you know, meditation was something I thought people sat in a corner, did all of them, and, you know, just thought it was stupid, honestly. I'm full of, I know. I, I truly know today the power of it. Back then, I thought it was hokey. Yeah. So that's really, whereas before, I was active for not necessarily the, the right reasons, but they mm. kind of stopped there, as opposed to now, it's, I take a much more lifestyle comprehensive approach. Okay, fascinating. So what made you choose to write this book and um, and how did that ramp up your healing? And what are your symptoms now? So for me, um, I realized, one, I have a, a love of writing because even though I'm a physician, nearly 19 years ago, I, I fell into the WebMD gig, which is a lot of writing and editing and realized it was just something I enjoyed. But for AS in particular, what I realized is when you're out there looking for information on it, and most of us are going to you know some online bookstore to see what's out there, there really is very limited information out there. And what is out there is a little bit more textbook-like. I mean, it's good information, it's solid information, but it was very you know more medically oriented than I wanted to be. So I really, I honestly probably thought years about the best way to approach the book because I, as a medical physician, I know the power that medications can have, but eventually what I realized is that yes, and I feel like this for most conditions for which lifestyle has a component, the medications are good, but unless you make the right lifestyle changes, the medications are not going to be particularly effective. That's why people go through biologic after biologic because they're not able to, and you know, I hate to point fingers because it's not that people aren't trying. They just don't necessarily have you know, the support system or the knowledge or the information to figure out how to get from point A to point B. So now as I did my research, I will say one of the biggest things I started doing during my research of the book, and I partly did this so that I could put this, put this experience into my book, is the low-starch diet. Okay. There's very minimal information, probably one study out there. We will never, let's, let's understand this, we will never see much more research on this topic. It's going to be all anecdotal like this because we cannot get doing dietary interventional studies like that, practically impossible. But there's enough data, enough, a lot of anecdotal stories about people that have improved, but on the same notion, people who have had no effect. But I was like, I want to try it. It has made a tremendous difference for me. But I'm pretty strict about it, right? 
Like I, you know, we got to realize I'll have a day where maybe I'll splurge and eat more of this starchy type or sweets or something because I love them. I can definitely feel the difference. I hop back on my, my regular routine. It's just when you pile that on day after day, people need to really, if they're going to give that a shot, really give it a good shot. And then, of course, with the mindfulness and meditation, and that can be so easy taking a few minutes a day of deep breathing. Like when I was in the gym this morning, I put on my Deepak Chopra pant, you know, radio and just listened to it. It's that kind of thing. It doesn't have to be a formal meditation class, but you just need to learn how to incorporate the various um, lifestyle strategies just throughout your day. Okay, so that's roughly what your book is about. It's, it's yeah. the ingredients, the choices that you have made and can help other people, you believe, to reduce symptoms, perhaps put them in remission. Yep. The biggest chapter of my book is activity. Okay. The second big, second biggest chapter is probably the nutritional components. The medical part of my book is fairly minor, right? Because that information's out there. I mean, I put it in there. I want people to have kind of the depth and breadth of information that's available. But the focus of my book is definitely the various lifestyle strategies that you can use. Okay. So tell me, um, tell me more about the low starch diet and um, how has it worked for you? How is it working for other people you work with? Yeah. So you know, it's not easy if you're one who likes pasta and rice. And you know, the question is exactly what is a starch? Um, so that's not completely solid. But for me, what I have. Uh, what I very much minimize practically to the point of excluding in my diet are things like pasta and potatoes and rice, even things like the high carb vegetables like corn, I will tend to minimize. I mean, I had corn this week. It's not like I don't eat it, but it, it's definitely not a regular component of my diet. So on a daily basis, I pretty much don't eat any of those foods. Now, some people are like, how can you do that? Well, the reason I can do that is because I truly know the difference how I feel when I eat them and when I, how I feel when I don't. And this is really what I have seen in so many people with autoimmune conditions. Like you mentioned psoriatic arthritis. I work with people with rheumatoid arthritis. I've worked with people with lupus. Fibromyalgia is not an autoimmune disease that we, we know right now, but huge benefits. I see the same thing in a lot of chronic pain conditions that nutritional changes so so very powerful and that's really what i focus on a lot with my with my day and to me it, it's just totally a habit i don't even even think about it anymore it's just it's just what i did okay all right um let's talk about your journey from being a physician to being a health coach yeah, it's so so unusual, so incredible, and so inspiring. The idea of becoming a health coach, and I mean, truly, if you've chosen to do that when you could be, you know, pursuing your medical practice, tell me about it. I'm really curious. Yeah, um, it kind of almost happened by accident, but it's always been something I wanted to do. So the difference is, is as a physician, sure, we do. I'm sure we as physicians do a lot of good, but honestly, I just never felt like I was doing that much good. I just felt like there was another doctor down the street that could prescribe medication 
And I, I just never felt personally fulfilled by doing that because I did not ever feel like I was truly transforming someone's life by doing that, right? Because I gave them a pill, they'd go about their day, come back three months later, I'd refill their prescription. It just wasn't very fulfilling. So the, the, my transformation really happened because my partner who had been struggling a lot with his health and his weight and stopped eating meat for three years, exercising five times a week, um, lost three pounds in three years, even despite doing all of this stuff. And like I had a lot of the knowledge up here, but I just felt like I couldn't make it even happen for him. Uh, so I just we just kind of happened to fall into a program that perfectly aligned after I did my research, perfectly aligned with really the values of what I feel is a incredibly healthy, safe and effective and fast way to start making these lifestyle changes that we're talking about. And it's a comprehensive lifestyle approach. So nutrition is a big part of it because that's where I would say nutrition is kind of the basis of where people are so off, right? They can't, if, if they can't get that under control, their sleep's never going to be right. It's hard to, you know, practice good stress management, how to kind of m make that work for you when your, you know, your nutrition is just off. So basically the way, the reason I made the transition is I went from doing something that didn't fulfill me to something that today I have incredible passion for. And on a daily basis, I put every spare minute I can into working with people to truly create health in their lives. It's just been an absolutely amazing experience for me. That's incredible. Wow. So you see actual results of people getting better right before your eyes. No That's doubt. Incredible. On a daily basis. I mean, it is truly incredible. 60, 70 pounds overweight. They get started on their journey. The people around them are wondering what the heck they're doing. So it's just a way to really grow uh, what, I, what we call an optimal health community. It's just about getting as many people involved in the community, getting people on a path to optimal health and working together. One of the key components of what you know I feel is so important is the support in the community because without that, studies show 85% of people fail, right? So if, if you try to do this on your own, it is just so freaking hard because life happens, obstacles will, will stand in your way, and when you try to get around them on your own, it's really, really tough. Wow. So you're saying a group, in group set, you're saying group uh, environment? Yep. Mm -hmm. People have accountability, lift yep. each other up, and that yep. is a key component. Yeah, I mean, all of the people I work with, and now I have a huge team, I mean, people who are interested in helping other people, I'd love for them to come on board, and I train them. I train them to be a health coach and help other people. But that's how we're going to get more and more people healthy. But our what we call our health coach family now, to me, is truly a special place. It is now three years later as a health coach. It is it is they are the people who I am closest to all over the country. So for me, selfishly, that brings so much positivity and support into my life. Yes, accountability. But I think that's just the the having that experience of partnering with a huge community of people working on similar goals is is truly special. Wow, that sounds beautiful. Do you still work one-on-one -on -one with patients or are you clients or are you just training other coaches? Yeah, I uh, do a little bit of medical practice. So I do go to a, um, a charity clinic down in southwest Atlanta and a volunteer. 
but rest of the time I, I'm working really outside of the medical field because once you get back in that medical field, like you're, you're, you have that doctor-patient relationship, it's not the same. People don't come to their doctor, unfortunately, for this type of approach. They come to their doctor primarily for medication. You know, we all want that, including me, who wouldn't want it, that secret magic pill, and that just doesn't exist. And I've just found that this type of conversation, it requires me to have a very special relationship with someone to help them, help guide them through this. As their doctor, I can't really establish that kind of relationship. Wow. Okay. That's amazing. I personally, I was always seeking, I guess, uh, someone in your position for so many years. So, um, yeah, I just did, I didn't ever get the answers I was looking for from an MD. Although I'm grateful for everything that they gave me, the medic, the the treatment really helped out when I needed it. But uh, for those listening, I mean, having this gentleman here as a resource and a guide is is exceptional. So um, I'm going to jump back to your book again. I, I feel like we didn't cover all of it. Um, diet, lifestyle, what are, the, what, are the, what are the biggest components you talk about? What is your method? So the, the method behind the book is it definitely, you know, I said it a few times, I know it's definitely a comprehensive approach because doing one of these things, only one of these things is certainly going to help. But if you truly want life transformation. You really want to take your AS to a completely new level so that you hopefully, you know, no guarantees, but hopefully have the the opportunity for lifestyle to be your primary medical treatment. And, you know, make no doubt about it. Lifestyle interventions are a medical treatment, right? They're not just something you can do. They're something you should do if you truly want the best medical care out there. So, but it definitely is all about the, the the nutrition, healthy activity, healthy sleep, because making sure that people are getting good quality sleep, stress management. I you know I tend to think almost we have an epidemic of stress in this country. Everyone is just, especially today, right? There's just so much craziness going on in the world. The, the stress levels are, you know, studies show pretty much at an all time high. That takes a lot of work to figure out how to, you know, get people to come down from that that stress level. But then again, it, it can be quite so simple, just with a few little strategies. And so the important thing is that we have to make it work for the person. We don't have a program. We have a customized approach that we will meet them where they are, do everything we can to make a comprehensive lifestyle program work for them, whether or not they're a busy mom on the go, running around with six kids, an executive traveling 18 days out of the month, you know, whatever they are, we have to meet them where they are if we're going to make it work. Okay. And, um, and how can people get this book? And let's say it again, it's called Ankylosing Spondylitis Pyramid, The Lifestyle That Lets You Take Back Control. Where can they get this book? Yeah, and so the, just so people understand that, that, that pyramid concept was I really wanted to represent somehow, like all of these are important components to, you know, addressing your AS, but this, the base of it, like the, the lifestyle part of it, the, the motion and nutritional parts of it make up the base of your, of your AS approach and kind of up here is more the medical treatment. So I, write, I only did it, published it as an ebook because I honestly just did not want to go through the trouble of trying to get a 
hardback published, especially today. That's how most people get their books. So on Amazon.com, you can easily find it. Um, it's it's a pretty easy read because I wrote it very conversationally. So I think that people are really you can just sit down and enjoy it without feeling like you're you're reading a textbook. So hopefully people will really enjoy it. And if anybody is interested in, you know, I love talking to people, you know, feel free to, to reach out and connect with me. I'll be happy to help anybody in any way that I can and, you know, coach them or not. You know, I'm just happy to share my experience with you and kind of help move you along in your own health journey. Wow. That's beautiful. Thank you. Um, sure. um, tell me a little bit more about your approach to mental wellness. And is that in your book? Yes. That sounds like yeah, yes. Big yeah, it is. Um, because I think you can honestly, you could probably have all your other nutri- all the, your other lifestyle things in play and in pretty good shape. But if your mental wellness is off, you know, it's just, it, it has such power over us. I approach it more in a, in a way of creating a life for yourself that allows you to spend your time doing what you want to do, right? Hmm. So it's really about us having the ability to focus our efforts and our resources in areas that matter to us most. If that's spending time with your family, if it's going out with friends, because we need people to enjoy what they're doing. But then, of course, on top of that, I think the you know meditation. I, I really work with people a lot on that because. Did you say it, you rarely? I know I always always work with yeah because meditation to me and it it can mean different things to different people but the the effect of it is so incredibly powerful. It can be a couple of minutes in the morning or in the evening. It can be a thirty minute meditation session if you so wish. But that's just not that realistic for people, right? They can barely find the time to do most of these things throughout their day. So really figuring out ways to bring the stress level down throughout the day, even you know, just walking away, walking away and doing five deep breathing exercises. So it can be truly simple, but it has to be very regular. Okay, beautiful. And what are some resources people can um – websites, med- uh, information on um, meditation people can access? Yeah. So one thing I would do is honestly, as basic it is, as it is, go to your web search engine and type in deep breathing exercises. There are some really cool videos. They just walk you through it, right? You can sit there and do the deep breathing exercises right there with the person. Pay attention when you do that to how your body feels. It's not just your mind. There are physiological effects that happen when we do deep breathing exercises. It's, it's like mini meditation to me. I call deep breathing mini meditation because at its core, that is truly what it's doing. It's bringing down the stress levels in, in your mind and body. So I would start there. And then really, it just depends on what someone is interested in. Personally, me, I do prefer um, listening to my, you know, to my <laughs> resources, so either videos or you know, in the car, listening as I'm driving because I have a long commute, really just bringing positivity into your life in whatever format works for you. Okay, beautiful. That's accessible. Yeah, um, exactly. Tell me about, I'm not, I don't want to call it exercise, but exercise, movement, activity. practice, yep. enjoying your body. Yep. Let's say I was 
or let's say I was someone who was in a little bit of pain, quite a bit of pain, and uh, you said, you know, exercise is a big component. How would I start? What would you recommend? And yep. then once the pain gets relieved, what kind of exercise would you recommend? One thing I want to say is that oftentimes the getting, this, getting started can be the hardest part. And you may need medication, right? You may need something to bring down those inflammatory levels in your body to give you the energy and kind of the oomph to get started. Once you get going and you get into a good, strong activity routine, and I agree, I don't like the word I absolutely recognize how different my body feels when I go a few few days even without activity. Not to say that I'm going to the gym every day, but I'm doing something to warm up my muscles, loosen them up. So as far as what should you include in an exercise routine for AS, just like anybody else, it needs to be comprehensive. With AS, you obviously have to do a lot of work on your bones and muscles and joints. So be very careful in the gym, as most of us should be, that you're starting off slowly, getting good and warmed up before you start really hitting it harder. Listen to your body. There are certain exercises I will not do. Like Like what? Like deadlifts, like certain heavy, I don't lift heavy weights. Now, for a lot of us with AS, that's just not going to be a good idea. It puts way too much stress, to be honest. It's not really a good idea for most of us. Our bodies, most of our bodies are not genetically made to do that day in and day out. You can lift moderately heavy weights, build a lot of muscle, and flexibility is a huge component of your exercise routine. One thing I've increasingly started focusing on is certainly stretching is great, but it's called like foam rolling rolling. I cannot overemphasize the importance of things like foam rolling for someone with AS and and similar conditions. Give it a try. You know, again, easy to find information on it. Just go to the internet and, and, and search it. Follow a little routine. Basically, it's simple. You find a tender spot, you put some pressure on it, kind of like a massage, and just relax into it. Pretty straightforward, but physical therapists are basically singing its praises. It's becoming a bigger and bigger component of exercise routine. So stretching, foam rolling, and of course, cardiovascular activity is critically important. People like ourselves with autoimmune conditions are at a higher risk of heart disease, higher Mm. than the average person. So, and then we may be taking anti-inflammatory medications. That further, like like the things like Celebrex and the ibuprofens and all those of the world, which are very helpful to us, they can slightly increase the risk of heart disease. So you definitely want to include cardiovascular exercise along with your muscle building and your stretching and flexibility. And what I personally do is I incorporate a lot of mindfulness and meditation into my daily exercise routine. Usually at the end, I'll take five to 10 minutes and basically just lay down while I'm stretching, you know, listen to some calm music and really focus on my mind and my breathing and kind of bringing it back down. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. That's huge. I'm a big advocate of the foam roller, roller as well. It has gotten me out of all kinds of binds. I also, it's amazing. It's yeah. incredible. It's, I, I thought I had serious issues with my legs for the longest time, and, and I just rolled it out, hurt a little bit for the first week, yes. and then... Yeah. Yeah. Really, really... And also, a, I use a, a hard um, lacrosse ball. You may not... Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Roll yeah, on the use, back. Yeah. 
rolling my I mean, shoulders. I even like the, they call it like the rumble roller. It basically like has cleats on the foam rollers. It's not cleats, but it has the little knobs. To me, that really gets into spots really well. So, But that's fine, not for beginners, because right. that could definitely increase the pain level a little bit. Absolutely. And I will say, I used it really way too much the first week. I got really gung-ho about it and was in a lot of pain. So, yeah. yes, go slow. And another thing, they make the vibrating foam rollers now. Oh, wow. There are a lot of physical therapists that are really so, that really are supporting that. I've yet to try it, so I can't tell you my own personal experience. I can, can guarantee you, I will be trying it. <laughs> One of my best friends, who's a kinesiologist, you know, works on body movement. Saint loves it. Absolutely says it makes a huge difference. Wow, really interesting. Cool. Um, let's talk a little bit more about how you would like to partner up with other people to help getting America. North America, yep. the world, a healthier place. I'm yeah, assuming you're that. willing to yep. work with people in Canada? Uh, yes, absolutely, anywhere and everywhere. And, you know, the, the our ability to reach out is pretty much endless because we do so much of what we do virtually. Now, we do a lot of this, right? I like to see the people. I like to talk to people. I'm not somebody who's going to coach you over texting you, right? That's just not going to work. But I don't have to physically, you know, be where you are and be able to touch you and to be able to actually coach you through your journey. So I will work with anybody anywhere and you know provide whatever resources and information and support I can through to you. So you can get in touch with me in a few different ways. I have actually a funny email if you want to give that uh, shoot me an email there. Long history there. I'll tell you if you email <laughs> me, I'll tell you why later. But because um, um, I have the straightforward WebMD email, but the email I use kind of to connect with people on the health coaching side is healthy buoys like b-u-o-y-s oh. so healthy boys b-u-o-y-s at gmail.com pretty easy um feel free to email me there i'll be happy to connect with you there you can go to a site called uh the fast track to health um which is really kind of my um, my approach to getting you healthy as quickly as possible there's a way for you to contact us there as well just fill in your information and it'll get sent right to me and i'll, I'll give you a call or an email is probably the two easiest ways, either email at healthyboys.com, B-U-O-Y-S, or the fast track to health.com and, and shoot me a message there. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. I have a question. I'm really curious. Um, is the healing process the same for other um, autoimmune diseases, even other conditions as AS? I have seen, I've seen a lot of similarities. So... Psoriatic arthritis is a good one, very closely related to what we have. It's, you know, falls into that spondyloarthropathies category. So they have a lot of the same thing. Absolutely see identical journeys there when we, when we work with them. People with rheumatoid arthritis can be slightly different because obviously the areas of their body that are affected are different. But probably as much as with AS, rheumatoid arthritis, those nutritional and exercise components equally as important. I have actually yet to find an autoimmune condition that does not respond positively to these changes, right? How much it responds certainly varies from person to person and how much work they're willing to put into it, right? This isn't like taking a pill and it just magically happens. You do have to put the work into it. But for me, it no longer feels like work because what feels like work is the way I used to feel. It was sometimes daily struggle to get through the day. Today, I'm 50 years old, probably are healthier and more active than most 30-year-olds I know 
And it, it's totally because of this lifestyle approach that I take. And my, my goal is, you know, I often say I'm going to like slide into my grave. I want to be as, <laughs> as active as I can till the very end, right? Mm-hmm. The worst thing, my fear is like when you get old and you, you get decrepit and you just feel old. My goal for people is for them not to feel old. Beautiful. Um, let's say, let's say you have a client comes to you They're They've been on all kinds of medication for 15 years. Um, they've been in pain for 15 years. No, not too many, um, fusions, but, uh, you know, they're, they haven't worked out in forever. Yeah. What, how do you approach this client, this individual? Depending on their exact situation, I would probably focus my efforts with them initially on their nutrition. Because the fatigue, the, the pain, the inflammation, we can calm that down so significantly with the right nutritional changes. So I would focus there. Once they start feeling better, they start having more energy. Then we will start looking at how do you start incorporating just more activity through your day. Like if they're pretty much sedentary, we're just going to start with you some walking, right? We're not going to have you doing boot camp classes. (laughs) It's really much more simple than people think to just start getting active. I often say just do one more minute of activity than you did yesterday and you're on the right track. So nutritional first, activity. I try to keep things fairly simple for people because I think one thing that people do is they get so gung-ho, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and two weeks later they're doing absolutely nothing because they've completely overwhelmed themselves. So step-by-step nutrition exercise or activity rather, bringing in some of the stress components depending on what's going on in their life. Certainly, you know, addressing sleep as early on as we can. But usually we often find that the nutritional changes improve sleep, give them more energy. They feel like being more active and it just kind of naturally progresses through their journey. But of course, everyone is different and we do customize it to their needs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Beautiful. That sounds wonderful. Um, yeah, I, I've, I know that uh, I, I know some people dear to me that are in that position. So it's, I'm always curious how people would, you know, help those folks out. So, you um, know, one of the things I think that people have to commit to is a is a different mindset. You can't go into this expecting your life to transform when you're putting up all kinds of mental obstacles in your journey. Like, I can't do that or, you know, I don't like doing that. I mean, you've got to be open to doing things different. You know, if you want things to change, things are going to have to change. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think a lot of how we work with people is is on that mindset and that intrinsic motivation. It's got to come from inside you, right? Me being excited for you is not going to do any good, right? you got to really, really want it if you really want it i am very confident that it can be yours but you got to really be willing to open yourself up to to a new life beautiful thanks for saying that i think um it's extremely helpful making that clear um switching gears a little bit um 
you told me that you're a fan of Jim Rohn. Um, I am. <laughs> I think he's the coolest guy on earth. I, I followed him a little bit um, about two years ago for about six months. I was listening to him constantly, and his voice, his energy is absolutely um, it's riveting. And it's got a huge presence. He's such a fun guy. Please tell me, um, how did he push you out of your comfort zone? And what was that comfort zone that he pushed you out of? Well, so, you know, I often tell people my daytime job as uh, the medical director at WebMD is honestly easy. You know, I've been doing it enough times. I do my thing. I come. But when I became a health coach, it was a totally different world. Like, I need to now reach it. Yeah, before, people are just coming to me. As a doctor, they just come to me, and I help them, or I try to help them. Um, As a health coach, it's entirely different. People are not as immediately knocking down your door for a comprehensive lifestyle approach, right? So I had to figure out a way to reach out. The number one biggest obstacle that most of us have in whatever we want to do, my personal experience was with kind of reaching out and sharing with people Mm. was me. I was the biggest obstacle. So Jim Rohn really focuses on how do we get out of our own way? So that is what truly spoke to me because he's just so real and so raw with what he says. And that, but you know, he's a guy, unfortunately he's no longer with us, but he's a guy who you feel like you could just sit there and listen to him for hours. And he just like, would be so comforting to you, but yet push you in such a nice and gentle way to get out of your own way. You know, it truly does boil down to that. And it doesn't matter what you're doing in your life. You're probably your biggest obstacle. So really think that through of what are you doing to put up obstacles in your own journey and how can you partner with somebody to help you get around those? Hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. I love it. Yeah, he, he's um, just a tremendous man. Kind of guy I'd love to uh, love to have him as a buddy, hang oh, out God. once in a while. Yeah. But yeah, we I can because he shared himself. Yeah. Yeah, very special guy. What is your biggest takeaway from Tim Robbins? What has that man taught you? What's one thing? He's, he's only a fairly, I will tell you, I thought he was just a lot of hype. I'll, I'll be honest. I just right. thought he was like, you know, some media person, you know, stars. Like, I only recently got into um, Tim Robbins. Um, he He's not for everybody. You know, he is crude and raw and, you know, very in your face. Um, but what I, I personally like that after I could get around some of the crassness after I was able to put that to the side, he does it from a, it feels like, and who knows, but it feels like he's doing it from a very special place hmm. that he truly does care about the people that, you know, and he's coming down hard on people. So if it's not, if you're not open to what he's trying to do for people, and the impact that he can make, then you're probably going to shut down and think he's a whack. But if you open up to truly what he's trying to do, that's it took me a while to get there. I'll be honest. It took me a while to get there. But once I did, I was blown away. And I'll sit there and watch one of his shows where he's talking. I'm just crying right along with him. It's, it's a truly emotional experience and journey for me when I'm watching you know, him work with people. Wow. 
Okay. Wonderful. Thank you. Um, is there anything, Michael, is there anything else that we've left out that you feel is really important to share? Is there anything you'd like to say? Anything at all? You know, it's probably just reiterating a little bit of something is that, you know, a lot of us have lost hope in this world. Hope with our health and, you know, just whatever else is going on. I, this is one of the things that I have most been impacted by through my health coaching journey is the number of people who have just truly lost hope um, that their life could be different. And it's not just about how you feel physically. It's about how you feel mentally. And it's just about, you know, part of the program of like my goal for someone is to get them healthy and have them help other people get healthy. Right. Because not only is it selfishly going to help them because we're going to be more accountable. And like even in our program, we know that people who become health coaches and help other people are five more times, five times more likely to be successful long term on their own journey. But how powerful is it that you can now have a hand in doing something I do? I have ridiculous number of years of schooling that are completely unnecessary. (laughs) to make this amazing transformation in people's lives. I can take somebody who has a high school education but just has a heart for for sharing and caring and have them make such a tremendous impact on people's lives. So it's it's I will tell you it's a powerful powerful experience and and I can't imagine my life today without that. It's the most important thing in my life. Wow, we've got me excited about it. And I'm going to be talking to you about that very thing after we hit stop on the recording button. Um, Is there anything else you'd like to add? I think that's it. I appreciate your time. It's been wonderful talking to you. I love to to share. Thank you. I've got one last question for you, my friend. If Uh you could tap yourself on the shoulder when you were um, diagnosed in medical school, is there any advice you'd give yourself? At that point, um, the advice I would like to have been have given myself is to have the the knowledge of the power of the power that I had in my hands to treat myself. I just didn't feel like I had the knowledge back then. It wasn't even a thing, honestly. It was not even <laughs> on the radar. So today it is on the radar. You know, it's a completely different world today. We're talking, goodness, we're talking nearly 20 years, 20 plus years ago. The world is different now. You have access to so many resources that you you have more power to help yourself than your doctor will ever have. Mm-hmm. Right? We can't turn to someone else to make things better for us if we're not willing to be the kind of the leader of our treatment team. Right? So I would just wish I would have been able to know that today or know that then, but you know it today. So just know that you have the power, partner with somebody for you know to help you make that happen. Powerful words, Michael. Really inspirational. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show because I mean, you have so much to offer so much wisdom and uh, you've been there you have that diagnosis it's it's a tremendous tremendous pleasure to meet you and um and to have you on this show thank you michael 
It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Pleasure. Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening. Please feel free to subscribe to the show, or if you'd like, write a review. Let me know what you think, and uh, if there's any topics that you'd like covered, please let me know. Favorite episodes. All right. Bye-bye. The text and audio files contained in this program are for information use only. It is not meant to treat, cure, diagnose any medical health condition you may or may not have. For medical advice and treatment, please speak to a medical health professional.